the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got a great show this uh, beautiful Saturday, July 10th, 2021. Uh, I, you, our, I, I just can't believe how quickly this this year is going, my friends. I really don't. Um, our program, of course, is sponsored by Border Hawk News. If there's anything that you want to know uh, about uh, migrations and immigration issues across the country, across the world, Border Hawk News is the place that you can go and find out. So uh, let me tell you who our guests are today. Uh, we've got um, three gentlemen that are uh, just top notch. Uh, they've been on our show before. Uh, but uh, we've got, first of all, Mr. Todd Bensman. Todd, of course, is with the Center for Immigration Studies. I had to get him on because he is going to report to us uh, firsthand uh, of what is happening in Central America. And it is just amazing, my friends. The situation in Central America is I incredible. Uh, the migrant route that uh, these folks are taking to get to our border. It's uh, it's very, very interesting, most of all because uh, who's paying for it? So um, Todd has a, a, has a firsthand report uh, from Panama, and uh, it'll be very, very interesting for, to, uh, to hear. Secondly, we've got Mr. Brent Smith. Brent, of course, is the uh, attorney for Kenny County uh, here in Texas, and, and Brent has been working day and night regarding uh, trying to find an issue of how they can address this whole uh, border crisis of all the people uh, committing crimes and entering the United States illegally, uh, the narcotics as well as the human smuggling. And um, he's, uh, he's going to be giving us an update of a lawsuit that the uh, sheriffs uh, have filed against uh, the Biden administration for not controlling the border. Finally, we've got uh, Mark Morgan. Mark, of course, uh, is the former uh, commissioner of, uh, of uh, Customs and Border Protection under Trump. And uh, he's got an earful for you. He was down in, uh, in the Rio Grande Valley with uh, Trump the other day to visit uh, on Trump's visit. And uh, he's got a lot to say about what the Biden administration is not doing and what they are doing to encourage this crisis. So once again, my friends, welcome to our show. Uh, thank you very much for being with us. George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio. Call your friends, tell them to join us. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got our good friend, uh, former commissioner, uh, Mark Morgan. Uh, he was commissioner of uh, ICE under the Trump administration. And uh, and uh, we uh, excuse me, that was the the uh, Customs and Border Protection under uh, the the Biden administration or uh, Trump administration. Man, I'm getting I'm I'm terrible this morning. I just got off the phone talking to a uh, LULAC leader and uh, Mark, they seem to think that there is no controversy or crisis at the border. What's uh, what's your assessment from your latest visit down there? Look, anyone who uh, continues to, you know, what I say is uh, lie to the American people about the truth about what's going on at our southwest border, look, they, they, they're either being driven by their political or, or ideological hubris, 
um, and uh, you know they, they, they were doing it for a specific uh, hidden agenda, but but they're just denying the truth and reality on the ground. Look, where, where you're going to see uh, the, the 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 June numbers being uh, excess of 170,000, you know, four months in a row. We haven't seen numbers like this in over two uh, and a half decades. If you look from month to month from this time last year, that's a seven to nine hundred percent increase. Look, I, I could go on to the, 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 the most UACs we had in a single month. I could go on and on. Uh, if, if anyone who says not a crisis on the southwest border is just denying the truth and reality of what's going on. And look, I, I was just down there uh, with the border again uh, with, with the former President Trump and Governor Abbott. And you know, we, we it was a substantive um, um, uh, a meeting down there, a, a series of meetings actually that happened there. It, it wasn't like the Vice President Harris, uh, George, where really she was going down there to address you know negative political optics and really get some good photo ops. Uh, what, what I saw down there, what I participated in, was a meaningful trip to really talk about what can be done to address this crisis. Now, you know, one of the criticisms that continue that uh, that's that's beginning to to be raised by the left and by the Democrats is this whole issue of uh, states sending troopers, uh, state troopers down to help uh, protect the border. Yep. The amount of, of drugs that are getting in, never mind, you know, that they're catching, but that we're not catching. Talk to us about that, because, I mean, fentanyl is just everywhere. Yeah, George, so I, I think that, that what you just asked is really hitting the nail on the head, and this what's really important, is that, this, when, when, when I talk about it and when other experts that, and, and, and folks like yourself talk about the Southwest border, the crisis, we understand that this is not just about illegal immigration. When we talk about border security, securing our nation's borders, it's not just to address the crisis of illegal immigration. It's to address the vast, complex set of threats our nation faces from outside our border. And another thing that's critical uh, that, that Governor DeSantis has really brought to light and these other governors now, these other you know, uh, uh, standing up to help border states is that what happens at our southwest border does not stay at our southwest border. When you when, when you have policies that opens our borders up to one threat or one crisis for right now with, with illegal immigration, you're, you're opening your borders up to all threat. Whether that's increasing the cartel and smuggling's ability to uh, 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 push human trafficking, to push drugs point in this country, to increase the number of, of gang members and criminal aliens that are able to sneak past our, our frontline defense. And guess what? It's not staying at the southwest border. The drugs, the gang members, the criminal aliens, human trafficking are impacting every state, city, and county in this country. And so I applaud states like South and North Dakota and, and uh, uh, Florida for sending resources to help Governor Abbott in the state of Texas. So we've got the issue of, of not only the illegal aliens just crossing and heaven knows, you know, what they're carrying as far as uh, as far as diseases, uh, because, you know, all of a sudden the, the Biden administration is very worried about the new strain. But uh, I'm not sure how worried they are about folks bringing in the new strain yep. uh, into into our, our country. Yeah, George, that's, that's another good point, right? I mean, this is another example where this administration puts America last and the rest of the world first. Look, we are still not uh, 100% over COVID in this country. And look, other countries are far behind the United States with, with vaccination. And, and hell, heck, just their, just their ability to be able to test for COVID. Right. But yet it's OK for these individuals from 140 different countries to make their way to take this dangerous trek to go through COVID hotspots illegally in our United States. And guess what? We're going to say, come on in, Wh whether you have COVID or not. Right. If you enter if, if you enter our borders illegally right now, if you're an unaccompanied minor or your family and even some single adults, even if you come to the border and say, oh, by the way, I have COVID. I know I have COVID. I was I was tested. And here's my card that says I have COVID. Guess what? We're still letting them in. That's what's happening on the southwest border right now. Yeah. And then there's also the issue of uh, of uh, the M MS-13 gang members. Uh, not to mention other felons that are being uh, caught who are re-entering uh, the United States, and 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 give me a clarification because my understanding is that is that uh, un, under the uh, ICE agreement before uh, they were you know sheriffs and local jurisdictions could hold these guys and t and then turn them over to um, to ICE. I is that still working or is that still uh, or, or are we uh, no. just letting them go now? 
it, we're letting them go. And that's a good point because a lot of the, our bandwidth, we talk about what's happening on the front end, you know, customs, border protection, border patrol specifically. We don't talk enough about the back end and about the restrictions uh, that they've placed on ICE. It's unbelievable. It's unprecedented. Basically, you have to be a known or suspected terrorist or convicted of an aggravated felon for you to be a priority. So right now, what you just known gang member that's here illegally for, say, burglary of a motor vehicle, and, and they're going to call ICE and say, hey, we have a known gang member here illegally. We just arrested for burglary of a vehicle. Guess what ICE is going to tell them? Sorry, not a priority. Go ahead and release the known gang member that just committed another crime that's here illegally. Go ahead and release them back into your uh, your community. Not not a priority. And, and George, the, 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 the other part that you mentioned, here's what's really important. So so the gotaways. Again, when you have 40 to 50% of your border resources pulled off the line to deal with the, the, the increased numbers of families and unaccompanied minors, increases the number of gotaways. This year, I'm being concerned of over 220,000 gotaways have made their way to every city and town in this in this country. Just over the July 4th weekend in the RGB area alone, Border Patrol rep- uh, uh, apprehended several sex offenders, including one convicted for rape and gang members. Think about that. They've, this this fiscal year, Border Patrol has arrested uh, almost 8,000 criminal aliens. Those are the ones they've arrested. With 220,000 gotaways, think about the number of criminals that are getting away, entering every city, t- uh, town, and state in this country right now. That's what this administration's trying to hide. They don't talk about. Wow. You know, uh, they're defunding the police and then they're turning loose illegal aliens, <laughs> illegal alien it's, criminals. It, I, exactly. I, I'm not sure what, what the strategy is on that. Jeez. Uh, anything yeah. else you'd like to add, uh, Mark, before we let you go? Yeah, just, just, just real quick. Is that look, at the end of the day, this administration has continued to, to look and I, I don't. This does not make me happy to say, but I've been doing this for 35 years, served our six administrations. I've never seen an administration blatantly lie to the American people. And I always say that an intentional omission of a material fact is the same thing as a lie. And this organization, they are professionals at doing just that. I, I encourage the, the, your listeners to educate themselves on websites like Heritage and Fair to educate themselves, get the facts, get the truth. And the last thing I will say is we can't wait till 2022 to fix this. Get to your state leaders, get to your state AGs, get to your state governors, force and demand that they step up to protect their uh, your state because that will also protect this entire country. More states like South Dakota, North Dakota, and Florida need to step up and support Governor Abbott in Texas. Wow. Uh, thank you very, very much for those words because, you know, everybody wants to know what can we do, what can we do? Well, you know, uh, unfortunately, the states are going to have to do for themselves what, what the federal government is not doing. That's exactly right. And the last thing I'll say, I'll leave you with, George, is please, your, your, your listeners need to understand what happens at the border does not stay at the border. Criminal aliens drugs, human trafficking. And the other thing, too, is when you have open border policies, George, guess who also suffers? The migrants themselves. This this year, Border Patrol has outpaced the number of rescues than any other uh, year previously. The number of dead migrants, yes, dead migrants, that U.S. law enforcement are finding on a, on a, a weekly basis is, is unimaginable. The most inhumane thing that you can do for the migrants themselves is to have open border policy so that they turn their lives over to the disgusting, despicable cartels and human smugglers that don't care about them and will literally leave them to die on the banks of the river rather than get caught. That's what open border policies get, and we don't talk enough about that. You're right. We're encouraging. We're encouraging this this crisis, and uh, and and absolutely doing nothing to uh, to address the uh, the punishment of of, of people that uh, take advantage of it. Ah, incredible. That's absolutely right. Yep. Incredible. We've been talking, folks, with uh, our good friend Mark Morgan. Uh, Mark, tell them where you can where they can follow you or, or uh, read more uh, about. Uh, uh, your writings and your 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 opinions. Yeah. So look, Heritage, uh, the Heritage Foundation. You can go to their website, um, uh, Fair, the uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform. You can go to their website as well. And um, really, uh, within just a few minutes, you can really get educated and really learn some of the facts and truth respect to, to what's going on in the Southwest border and how it impacts our entire nation. You got it. Once again, my friends, our good friend Mark Morgan, the uh, former. Customs and Border Protection uh, Commissioner George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio The Answer (music) 
Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, our good friend, uh, Mr. Brent Smith, from the uh, from Kenny County, the county Kenny County attorney. And uh, Brent has kind of been the person who has uh, been the catalyst to uh, do some challenges uh, to the to the uh, federal court as well to the federal government as well as the state government to get the state government to move uh, on trying to do something to protect the citizens uh, of uh, in the border areas uh, like Kenny County Kenny, uh, Kenny County itself. Uh, so uh, there has been a lawsuit that has been filed by uh, sheriffs and uh, other folks, and I want to uh, ask. Uh, Brent, to please tell us about that lawsuit. Where is it at? What's it about? Who's involved? Brent, thank you for taking time to be with us. Tell us, talk to us about this lawsuit. Thank you for having me again, George. Um, yeah, the lawsuit we filed last week, it's um, on behalf of the county and the sheriffs, uh, more specifically, of, of several counties, like Kennedy County, Edwards County, McMullen County, and Headsworth County. And there's several other counties that are in the process of joining it. But, you know, one of the things that's taken slower amount of time for these counties to join it is it has to be approved for the um, commissioner's court so you know they're waiting on the next commissioner's court meeting to actually approve the lawsuit but we foresee several other counties joining in this um, but what's remarkable George is that we were also joined by the federal police foundation with the ICE officers division and from my recollection and, and also talking to Chris Kobach who's the leading attorney on this case this is the first case of its kind that's ever been joined by a federal agency and state or county agencies before. So normally it's on behalf of ICE or on behalf of the state, but with this lawsuit, both federal and state agencies are involved, trying to sue the federal government on, you know, trying to get them to do their job and have a court order to do so. And what the lawsuit basically wants is, you know, it goes through, it talks about the damages that the county sheriffs have um, you know, had to sustain from the lack of enforcement of immigration law by ICE and, and the February 18th memorandums, which, you know, President Biden has changed immigration laws by way of memo to uh, the Department of Homeland Security and all the agencies under it. By doing that, he did it unlawfully on several fronts. But um, what we're trying to do is bring an injunction for a federal district court judge to throw out the memorandums because of, of them being unlawful and the way that, you know, you cannot change policy and law by a memorandum in the way he did it. So that's what the suit is, is ultimately trying to do. But uh, I think it, it's a testament that both state and federal agencies have joined together on this to uh, sue the Biden administration. So this is the ICE agents because uh, <laughs> there is also a, a um, an organization of Border Patrol agents, but these are the ICE agents themselves? Yes, the ICE agents themselves, it's kind of like a union of, of right. ICE agents. Right. And um, inside the uh, complaint are affidavits, multiple affidavits from ICE officers, speaking of instances where they have found, you know, child molesters, uh, family violence, people who have been convicted of the worst things you can imagine. And they're uh, they're being forced to release them into the communities. Oh. And a lot of people, a lot of people speculated that this was happening and whatnot, but these are actual affidavits. Uh, you know that are sworn to on on the threat of perjury if they're you know unlaw if they're lying about it. So, you know these affidavits are clear proof that it is occurring, and they're releasing dangerous criminals in back in our community once they're apprehended. Wow! And, and, and actually, it's against federal law that they do so. That is amazing. So, and and and, uh, and and again, how many sheriffs? I mean, how many counties and sheriffs are are so far are involved? Right now, at the time we filed the suit, there's four counties involved. And um, we're in the process of getting at least three more, I've been told, and getting the commissioner's court to ratify them. And so we have the sheriffs and the counties themselves, because whenever a, a sheriff brings a lawsuit on, in Texas, he has to, it has to be ratified by the commissioner's court of each county. 
there was a lot a lot of other sheriffs that wanted to join the lawsuit but their commissioner's courts have not yet ratified the suit and you know some of it being the commissioner's courts are uneasy about joining the suit or they just haven't had a scheduled meeting because a lot of counties you know meet once a month uh, the commissioner's courts so i think most of it's a logistics logistical timing issue where they have to ratify the suit before the sheriff can actually, you know, properly enter it. But what we plan on doing is, you know, filing an amended brief or, or somehow adding them to the lawsuit once it's already going, which isn't a problem. We can do that. So give us an example. Give us an example of some of the damages that you guys in Kenny County, for example, are suffering. Well, I know, you know, our deputies, the overtime that, the overtime that they have to put in to, uh, to try to uh, keep up with these legal immigration and uh, trying to protect our communities. That's one of them, the jail space issue, us, us having to basically run out of jail space. And then what counties, a lot smaller counties do, they can send their prisoners over to neighboring counties or other counties in Texas, but they have to pay for them to be housed in another county. It's basically paying, you know, by paying rent on them to another county for them to be housed. So what we do is once we get full and we arrest certain other people, instead of letting them go, we're sending them to other counties and having them jailed at their facilities, but we're having to pay them per day per person that's there. So that's an economic cost to the county and and the sheriff's department more specifically. Um, And also, you know, just the EMS uh, being backed up. You know, a lot of people don't consider the EMS and paramedics that the county needs on on something like a limited county like Kenny County. We don't have enough paramedics to um, to tackle this immigration issue and protect our own citizens and, you know, their health and safety at the same time. Right. So a lot of the costs are that, too. Um, You know, and right now we're working on these border crisis budgets that the uh, governor wants us to prepare for the legislature, this upcoming special session. And what this is going to do is we're, we're trying to predict what kind of budget issues we're going to have for two years dealing with this illegal immigration. You know, like, for instance, my office itself, we're having to get more file cabinets for all the files that we're going to have to store for the legal immigration prosecutions, uh, possibly another legal assistant to do this, uh, and, and then computers for those people coming in. So, you know, a county that's used to having X amount of cases per month, now having 10 times that, our resources, you know, just aren't meant to have that volume of cases. I don't have a legal assistant that can help me prosecute. So that's something that we're going to have to um, pony up for, basically. But we're trying to get the legislator to, um, you know, compensate us for that so we're able to do that. But the most immediate thing we need right now is jail space, George. Our jail space, we don't have it, period. Um, we've, we've, had to, we've had to let go to smugglers that we've caught because not only is our jail full, but our neighboring counties jails are full. We don't even have somewhere we can send them. And this detention facility in Dilly that has a thousand beds that the governor has emptied, uh, it's not ready yet. And even when, and even when it is ready, you know, a thousand beds, we can fill that up in a week across yeah. Texas. So what are we gonna do after that thousand beds is full? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the governor plans on doing, but it's um it's a glaring problem. Every law enforcement person I talk to says it's it's we're we're gonna run out of room real quick. So I'm not sure how we're going to deal with that. But um, but this lawsuit kind of tries to, um, you know, it, it's it's people that some people aren't a fan of lawsuits. You know, I mean, being a lawyer, I, I you know, it's it's one prong in the strategy. It's not the, the end all be all, but it's it's just it's just one portion of this, you know, Cold War somewhere we're kind of in right now against the federal government. Um, we have to we have to go down that avenue as well. Amazing. Amazing. You know, it, it, it really people. People need to understand the uh, the level of this crisis because uh, of the number, first of all, the number of people that are crossing daily, but then secondly, the amount of damage, the amount of uh, nuisance, the amount of problems that they create, uh, both uh, because they are being smuggled by smugglers, uh, not to mention, uh, you know, anything else, the trespassing or anything else that's happening uh, in, in, in the community. Um, so... Uh, when, uh, uh, how how uh, much longer do you think that it'll be in the courts uh, before there's any kind of uh, of action taken by a judge or anything of the nature? Do you think? Well, unfortunately, it's kind of out of our hands to some degree. Um, you know, whenever we follow, we, our next step is following a brief and a preliminary a motion for preliminary injunction. And when that happens, the judge normally you know gives the opposing party anywhere from you know three weeks to you know a month to two months to reply to it it just depends on how long the judge will give the opposing party um the time to reply to it and i think chris Kobach will probably go give you more details on that but we're we're hopefully looking at about four weeks or so until something substantive comes out of this gotcha 
Well, uh, you know, this is this is uh, this is really really a hot uh, a hot uh, case, and uh, we're going to be following it and, and making and and seeing how it develops. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we go? Well, you know, like I said earlier, this is um, this is one avenue that we need to take besides, uh, you know, the um, the constitutional arguments that we have for enforcing our borders. Um, this is another legal avenue that we need to pursue on trying to prevent uh, the Biden administration from trying doing what they're doing and, and opening our borders. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the rule of law is supposed to reign supreme. And right now it's not. Yep. So the way to hold Biden accountable is taken to court and force it to uphold the laws. So this is just one of the um, many lawsuits I'm thinking will probably be coming um, that will attempt to do that. It's amazing. It, it's very, very sad th- uh, that we've reached a point where we're having to sue the federal government to protect us. I, I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, George. It, 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 it's a, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, he's supposed to uphold the law uh, of the lands and, of Congress, and he's doing exactly the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to hold him accountable. Yep. Brett, thank you very, very much, Brent. Uh, thank you very much for taking time today to be with us, and uh, and uh, we'll continue to pursue or, or, or to follow this whole uh, issue, this case, very, very closely. Yeah, my, my pleasure, George, anytime. Thank you. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend Brent Smith from uh, the attorney for uh, Kenny County, and uh, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, here on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, I wanted to chat with you real quick regarding a, uh, a, 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 uh, a ridiculous uh, statement and uh, letter that was sent to President Biden by LULAC, the uh, League of United Latin American Citizens, their president, Domingo Garcia. Uh, the letter was sent on uh, on Sunday, um, July fourth, uh, unappropriately, of course. Uh, but uh, the letter was at, or is asking. I'm not sure exactly how much credibility uh, the Biden administration is going to give it. I'm I'm afraid they're going to give it a lot. But uh, the letter from LULAC, from the League of United Latin American Citizens, uh, asks Biden to uh, tell uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott and uh, other other, uh, governors from other states to stop sending the National Guard troops to the border. Okay, yes, you heard me right. They want an executive action uh, to stop uh, the governors, particularly Governor Abbott here in Texas, from uh, using the National Guard or sending troops, uh, state troopers, to the uh, to the border, uh, I, I, my friends. This is yet another example of a race uh, of an organization putting its leftist racist politics ahead of the safety of all Americans, including Americans of, of Hispanic descent. I might say. So uh, let me let me give you a little bit of background about um, the League of United Latin American Citizens. First of all, uh, it is uh, by some accounts. Uh, the oldest uh, uh, Hispanic, national Hispanic organization. It was founded here in Texas in the late uh, 1920s, I believe it was. And uh, initially, it, uh, the organization encouraged uh, Americans of Mexican descent or Mexicans that were crossing the border at that point to become American. I mean, that's what's so uh, odd about this whole situation. It shows how upside down the leftists have turned everything. Uh, it was. It was initially intended to encourage uh, uh, Americans of uh, Mexican descent or Mexicans that had just arrived, Mexican immigrants, to become American, to, to learn English, uh, become Americans. I mean, period. Well, you know, it's uh, it's completely uh, out the window now. Uh, now it's just another one of these leftist uh, race-baiting organizations. Uh, let me give you some further background of what's been going on, uh, it, you know, uh, it, the background to these people being so myopic about what is happening in our in, 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 at the border, uh, and then they come out with this uh, statement that they want 
they don't want state troopers. They don't want uh, the National Guard. Uh, they don't want governors to help protect the border. I mean, it's, out, it's outrageous. All right, so what is happening? Just, th- just this week, just this week, first of all, $1.9 million worth of meth were stopped uh, at, at, uh, at, at Brownsville in one shipment, one truckload. It was carrying $1.9 million worth of meth, and it was stopped in, in, in Brownsville. Heaven knows how much is getting through, and we know that a lot of it is getting through. As of June, my friends, as of June, uh, 130,000, there have been 130,000 uh, apprehensions uh, just in the month of June. 130,000 apprehensions at the border. Okay, 130,000. I mean, that's a big city. That is a large, uh, that, that's a large city for one month. All right, you want to get a, a, a real sense of how much, how many illegal aliens are getting, are getting into the United States? And again, these are the ones that we have documented. To date, as of October uh, of last year, the fiscal year begins in October 1st of last year, to June 30th, a million 59,000, a million 59,000 illegal aliens have been apprehended. A million. I mean, my friends, you know, again, that is a city. That is an entire city. My question is, what are we going to do? How are we going to get the genie back in, into the bottle? How are we going to, how are we going, what are we going to do with uh, uh, this million and probably a million more before uh, the next, uh, 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 before this fiscal year is over, there might be another million that'll be here. How are we going? What are we going to do with these people? How are we going to get them out of here? In the meantime, in the meantime, get this, okay? In the meantime, there was an NBC report on uh, Thursday that um, that a settlement was reached with ICE over the detention centers. Again, the the the, the report, of course, by NBC portrayed these illegal aliens that are in detention centers as the victims. Never mind that they broke the law to get into the into the country and that they are in a detention center because they are illegal aliens. Never mind that fact. No, no, no. They are going the the they are going to be released from the ICE detention centers as the settle as part of the settlement. You know, I, I, again, my friends, what's the point? of having laws if there's no punishment for breaking them. Then, of course, you've got the ridiculousness, I mean, the outrageousness, of Congresswoman <clears throat> Talib um, from Illinois, I believe she is, and uh, she proposed on Monday, uh, she proposed on Monday that, uh, on, on, or should I say on, on Tuesday, the 6th, <clears throat> she proposed the defunding of ICE and Homeland Security, defunding, defunding ICE and Homeland Security. Why? Because they terrorize migrants. And she throws that word around, migrants. You know, these are illegal aliens we're talking about, not migrants, illegal aliens. And in the background of all this that's happening, Domingo Garcia, the national president of LULAC, sends this letter that he doesn't want the, uh, he wants Biden to stop the utilization of uh, of of state troopers and of national guards at uh, at the border. He wants the Texas governor to stop securing the border. You know, according to Lulac, according to, to Garcia, using the National Guard, get this, my friends, using the National Guard troops, particularly the ones from South Dakota, <clears throat> because the ones from South Dakota were being paid by a private billionaire, according to him. And, and according to, to Garcia, it's a pay-to-play with the National uh, Guard troops. And that's illegal. That's unconstitutional, according to him. Okay, it sets a very bad precedent. He said, "Well, of course, Garcia conveniently is is ignoring some very, very important constitutional points. First of all, first of all, that the state governors are stepping up to protect the citizens from a foreign invasion. Why? Because the Democrats aren't doing it. Second, that the border crisis is a national crisis." And it's affecting all the states, not just Texas. Finally, this complaint by Garcia about the private person paying 
for the National Guard. You know, that's so short-sighted and anti-American. Liberals and leftists are always complaining about the rich not paying their fair share. Well, here we've got somebody that stepped up and paying for the defense of our nation. Yes, I, I applaud it. I applaud it. Garcia and the National Guard and, and Lulak, uh, you know, should be happy that that's happening. In fact, you know, I would. Where's Zirk Zuckerberg? Why isn't he paying to protect our nation? Why isn't he up there? You know, helping to to fund to protect our border. Garcia and Lulak, you know, they, they, all they do is is they they seem to be preferring to endanger Americans with an unsecure international border that's allowing drugs, diseases, criminals, and possibly even terrorists to come in. He also shows his ignorance, my friends, in not recognizing that many Americans of Hispanic descent, they want to protect and defend their homeland, the United States of America. That's what we want. And that we're against illegal immigration and international crime. Yes, that must be a shock to him. Uh, me, I I'll tell you, my friends, as an American of Hispanic descent, me, me personally, Lulac and Garcia do not speak for me. I and many other Americans of Hispanic descent, as well as Americans in general, we want, we need the border to be secured and we, we, we need controlled immigration. The border is not secured and securing it is not about race or ethnicity, my friends. It's not. We must secure the border. How? With a wall with more uh, law enforcement personnel, border patrol, whatever, with more equipment, with more technology, and by denying, very important, by denying benefits uh, to illegal aliens and deporting them, regardless of age. We've got to stop excusing and rewarding illegal immig immigration, even, even when these race-baiting leftists start screaming and shouting. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, giving you my opinion on this crazy LULAC letter and illegal immigration in general. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to borderhawk.news. Borderhawk.news has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. Borderhawk.news has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to borderhawk.news. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration, uh, for the Center for Immigration Studies. And uh, I wanted to get him on because he just returned, my friends, from a uh, trip uh, to Central America. And uh, he discovered all sorts of stuff, my friends. I, I mean, it is, we have a real problem, not only at our borders, but uh, beyond that. And uh, Todd, thank you for taking time to be with us. Talk to us. Tell us what you found. Okay, so I spent uh, 10 days. I'm just back. Uh, this is my first week back at the Costa Rica-Nicaragua border, uh, which is a touchstone uh, on the international intercontinental trail that that connects the entire world to our southern border and people don't really know about this trail but it exists and is very congested right now with immigrants from 120 140 different countries around the world uh, that trail is absolutely packed right now uh, bringing people up through uh, South America, uh, through Panama, and then they hit into, they surface briefly in Costa Rica at the Nicaraguan border where they connect with smugglers and then continue on up into Honduras. And it was a really good spot to be able to see the trail in action. 
So uh, that's why I went there. What I saw uh, were a lot of immigrants coming through from all over the world, just like you would expect, smuggling in the wide open daylight. Uh, nobody, There's no law enforcement pressure whatsoever. The Costa Rican government is completely uh, hands-off, if not complicit, in allowing this traffic from all over the world to go through its territory. The Panamanians are just as bad. They are picking them up, scooping them up out of the, the jungle and putting them on buses and driving them to the Costa Rican border. Uh, and the Costa Ricans are allowing that the smugglers to keep them moving through Nicaragua. Nicaragua has a pandemic-related border closure enforced by the Army, but I witnessed troops taking bribes and, and handoffs of immigrants directly from smugglers. I went with a smuggler to do a handoff of Haitians to these uniformed, camouflage uniformed AK-47 toting soldiers on the Nicaraguan side. So that's not helping anything either. So it's an unimpeded trail through allied countries and countries that might be a foe like Nicaragua straight to the U.S. southern border. I met Mauritanians uh, from, that's a Muslim-majority country in northwestern uh, Africa that is just riven with al-Qaeda groups and ISIS franchises. I met Senegalese, same thing. Uh, Senegal is in the Sahel Desert, which is um, uh, home to a lot of al-Qaeda franchises and uh, ISIS and the rest. And I know that Yemenis pass through and Pakistanis and Bangladeshis, they're all moving through here without any uh, opposition. Now, one of the things that we hear a lot about are the uh, women and the children, mostly Central Americans, I guess, that uh, are, are caught up in, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the dangers of the uh, journey as well as the crossing. Um, are these uh, women and children or are these mostly young men? It's really the gamut, but the most women and children that I saw belong to the nationality of Haiti. They're Haitians coming through, uh, probably more Haitians than any other nationality. Uh, Cubans would be a close second. And they're coming as family units from Chile, which is a safe third country. They've been living there for years and years, uh, working and prospering and no government persecution whatsoever. They just heard that Biden was letting families in. So they gathered up their families and they're just doing an upgrade, a lifestyle upgrade. There's no desperation or fleeing of anything terrible for any of the, I didn't meet one Haitian coming from, actually coming from Haiti. Uh, these people are coming from uh, Brazil and Chile. They've been living there for five, six, seven years already. Uh, I interviewed a lot of Haitians, and all of them admit openly without any problem that they brought their families because they heard about the Biden administration letting in families. So that's what, that's what you get. And by the way, uh, a lot of these folks are explaining to me, describing on the trail further south, seeing a lot of dead women and children on the side of the trail, rotting corpses. Uh, that's on the Biden administration, that sort of thing. Uh, that is an untold story of how these Biden administration policies are killing people directly. So much for humanitarianism. Now, they, they, they saw bodies of, uh, of women and children? Yes. Wow. Uh, one one Cuban described seeing 15 rotting corpses in a ditch on the side of the trail in the uh, Panamanian uh, area of the of the trail coming in from Colombia, and many of them were pregnant women and or children. Wow. Dead. Wow. That, that's that. You know that is an untold story. I mean, we hear it, of course, when it happens here in our border. But, uh, you know, uh, along the journey, it, uh, we know that it's happening, but nobody's talking about it. Right. And the Haitians are, are telling me quite open, we're, we're coming because we can get in now. 
that's why we're coming. And they're, they're, so they're doing these dangerous journeys and dying along the way because Joe Biden said it's okay to come. We'll let you in. Wow. And, and, you know, that, that, that's really, really young. Now, you as a, for, as a recovering, as you like to say, as a recovering journalist, why isn't the, the, the news media ta- talking about this? Well, I think that uh, the extracontinental immigration, uh, the non-Central Americans and the non-Mexicans that are coming through, those represent a kind of a scary uh, proposition for Americans uh, because they're coming from Middle Eastern countries. Some of them are uh, terrorists. We know that because uh, recently we had two Yemenis caught at the California border who came right through there who were on the FBI's terrorism watch list. One of them was on the no-fly list to boot. I don't think that the uh, media, which is predominantly uh, made up of liberal reporters, wants to tell that story because it adds danger to the the overall crisis, a kind of a national security danger to the overall crisis that the Biden administration doesn't want to talk about. Uh, if you if you thought that there was a that the Camilla uh, Harris had a hard time bringing herself to go just to the Texas border, you're never going to get someone like that to go down to where I was in Costa Rica on the Nicaragua border or Panama where dangerous people are actually coming through all the time. Never going to happen. And no reporters are going to want to do this either. And they're certainly not going to want to admit that it's happening. That's, That's for sure. Absolutely not. To bring attention to it. Uh, is to um, hurt the Biden administration. That's my theory. Wow. So uh, tell us, friend, uh, all the things that are happening on our border, all of our ranchers, all of our citizens, uh, literally under siege and stress here, uh, the taxpayers flipping the bill, uh, not only for foreign aid to these countries, but now to pay for these people to uh, stay in the United States or to to get health care here in the United States. What the heck needs to happen, buddy? Well, for starters, if we're talking about this kind of traffic, if we don't want potential terrorists crossing into the border or African warlords or African tribal militia leaders who, you know, were cutting off hands and heads from wherever they are, the country needs to pressure Costa Rica to shut down the flow where they are and start repatriating and deporting from where they are. Uh, There needs to be diplomatic muscle applied on the Panamanians to cut out the busing. Stop busing these people in and making it possible. Fly them home. Repatriate them. Deport them. They're illegally entering Panama. They're illegally entering Costa Rica. But uh, I'm going to just tell you that I don't think anything like that is ever going to happen under this administration. Uh, We couldn't even really get this to happen under the Trump administration. Nobody's really paying attention to this this kind of traffic. And unfortunately, it may take blood in the streets for anybody to do anything about it. Oh, that's that that's outrageous. Uh, Well, tell us uh, tell us how people can read more about you. And uh, of course, tell us about your book. Uh, here as we conclude. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you can find my writing, uh, especially on my uh, Costa Rica, Nicaragua trip at cis.org, Center for Immigration Studies. I've written two pieces out of there, and the third one is supposed to come out today. Uh, so look for that. And also, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Benzman Todd. And, you know, my book is America's Covert Border War, which is about all of this kind of traffic and uh, particularly the threat from jihadists on that trail. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been talking with our good buddy, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd, thank you very, very much. And for all the dangerous work you do, because I'm not sure too many of us would get down there where you were, where you were. Well, somebody's got to do it. Very, very true. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. 
Once again, my friends, thank you very much for joining us today. George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio. Please tell your friends uh, about our show. Please invite them to listen. Uh, also, when we posted on our um, webpage, on KLUP webpage, as well as when I posted on my Facebook page and social media, uh, feel free to uh, access it and to share it with, uh, with your friends and neighbors. Uh, we cover all sorts of information on the border crisis and other issues that uh, the mainstream media just ignores, my friends. I mean, there's no two ways around it. So we encourage you to, uh, to utilize, uh, uh, you know, the social media to uh, provide it and to share it with other folks. Also, um, please, uh, to keep us going, uh, we, uh, we, we encourage you to uh, support Border Hawk News uh, a uh, our sponsor, as well as uh, go to um, <clears throat> Amazon or to uh, Barnes and Noble and order uh, my book, uh, El Conservador: Conservative Opinions, that uh, helps to pay for um, our program. So uh, please uh, support us in that way. Finally, uh, if you're interested, you're you're more than welcome to contact us. Uh, and uh, invite me to come speak at uh, an event or to your group. Uh, I'm more than happy to do that. I travel all over the place. This coming uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, the 13th, I will be in Hondo um, to speak to the uh, Medina County Republican women. Uh, if you have a chance, come hear us. Uh, come see me. Uh, that's uh, on Tuesday, Jan uh, July 13th. Uh, in Hondo, speaking to the Repub to the um, uh, Republican uh, the Medina County Republican women. So, folks, uh, thank you very, very much for joining us again. Uh, support us. We uh, really, really uh, thank you for it. We must stay strong. We must stay informed, my friends. We cannot back down during this terrible, terrible. Uh, situation that we've got at the border, my friends. We cannot back down. We've got to understand that uh, this is an invasion, and this is uh, a, a definite attempt in my book to uh, disrupt, undermine, and um, probably to destroy our our, our country. Uh, it's been it's been coming for a long, long time, and here it is. So once again, my friends, thank you for being with us today. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. On KLUP 930 AM radio, the answer.